Amen and amen. You may be seated. I'm so glad we have church this morning. Amen. Hey, kids, let's try this one more time. He is risen. He is risen indeed. So glad to welcome you here to the neighborhood church. This isn't usually where we gather for worship, but let me tell you, this is where we spend a lot of our time. And it's so good to be God's people together. Thank you for being here. Hey, kids. Just a little while longer, and then we'll have an Easter egg hunt. Does that sound pretty good? But the reason we do all of this is because of the reasons we just sang, that we're alive because he's alive, that death was arrested. And as Kelly said, we Christians celebrate that death is not a dead end. And we celebrate on Sunday because God has turned a hopeless end on Friday into an endless hope. That we are free from sin, death, and evil, and that death doesn't get the last word. And that's why we say amen. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. amen. Thanks, my dudes. All right, I want to talk to the kids for just another minute before you dive back into your snacks and your crafts. Here's what I need from you. Can I get kids' eyeballs on me? Kids, can you see me? Can you see me? All right, I'm going to need you to stand up again now. I'm going to need you to stand up. Because y'all didn't think that you were going to have a quiz on Sunday morning, but you're going to have a quiz real quick. But it's a fun quiz. Here's going to be your answers. Ready? If you think the statement, the sentence I'm going to say is true, make your arms into a T. Make your arms into a T. And I might be sweaty because I don't know if you saw, but I was dancing and having some fun over there. But let's make your arms into a T if what I say in a minute is true. You got that, Justin? Now, if what I say you think is false, can you make an X saying, that's false, okay? If the sentence I say in a minute is false, give me a this, okay? Now, if you don't know, I need you to do this. Y'all ready? I don't know. Can y'all do your arms up like this, like that emoji guy, shrug guy? I don't know. So I'm going to say seven statements, okay? And you're going to say this. If it's true, what are you going to do? T, strong work. That's pretty good, Knox. If it's false, you think it's false, give me an X. Can y'all do it? Oh, yes. And if you don't know, what you going to do? I don't know. Let me hear your I don't know. Pretty good, CJ. All right. First statement. Parents, you can help and play along. There are about 100,000 muscles in an elephant's trunk, but not a single bone. True, false, or I don't know. A hundred thousand muscles in an elephant's trunk, but not a single bone. I see some TT, false, 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 false. It's kind of a mixed bag. A couple all knows. All right, hold on to that. Next statement. I'll give you the answers at the end. Next statement. This one's wild. Cats meow only to humans. Cats do not meow to other cats. Whoa. That's a big false from Robert the sound guy. False, false. True, cats meow only to humans, not other cats. False or I don't know. Wow, we got mostly falses on that and an I don't know. Okay, hold on to that. Answers at the end. This one. Y'all ready for this? Clouds aren't weightless. They can weigh more than a million pounds. Those clouds floating in the sky. Miss Teacher Toby's, our teachers are giving strong T's in the back. I would, I would pay attention to that. 
Maybe y'all can go up there and sit on a cloud, okay? Next, think about the acid in your stomach. Do y'all know that you have acid in your stomachs? The acid in your stomach can dissolve steel. True, false, oh no. Don't eat steel. Kiddos, if you don't hear anything else, don't eat steel. Acid can dissolve steel. A lot of truths. Okay, next, we got a couple more. Wind is actually silent. When you hear the wind, it's only because it's blowing by or through something. True, false, or I don't know. Wind is silent. A lot of y'all are listening to your parents. Okay, two more. Boys have fewer taste buds than girls. Ooh. Is that, is, that, is that why they all eat Takis in your class? Is that why they're all eating Takis all the time? Knox has given us a why. Knox has given a why. I guess that's a yes. Okay. Fi- last one. Last one. True, false, or I don't know. Ready? Hold up your hands. About half of the bones in your body are in your hands and feet. All the bones in your body, half of them are in your hands and your feet. Wiggle your toes. Tell me if it's true or false, or I don't know. Whoa. All right. Is everybody ready for the answers? Everybody ready for the answers? Okay, number one, true. Number two about the cat's meow, true. Number three about clouds aren't weightless, teachers, you're correct, true. Number four, the acid in your stomach can dissolve peeps and Easter candy and steel. True. Wind is actually silent. That's fall. True. Guess what? Boys do have fewer taste buds than girls. It's true. Will, I've seen what you eat, dog. Now, finally, about half of the bones in your body are in your hands and toes. True says Mr. Paramedic, it's true. Now, all of these amazing things are true, but they're kind of unbelievable, right? Right? But these amazing things are true. Let me tell you a story before you dive back into your Capri Suns and your activities, okay? Last week, if you were part of the neighborhood kids, we heard the story of Easter. Thursday night, Jesus washed what? His, the disciples' feet. And then what happened Thursday night is Jesus and his friends went out to a garden after their last supper, and then Jesus prayed, and then Jesus got what? Arrested. Jesus got arrested, and then they took him in the middle of the night, Thursday and early Friday, to a court to be tried. And then were they nice to him, or did they beat him up and mess him up pretty good? What did they put on his head? Yeah, they were teasing him. They said, hey, you're a king? Yeah, let me show you a crown. And then it got so bad that on Friday morning, throughout Friday day, they put Jesus on a what? Oh, man, how do you think his friends felt? Sad, terrified, horrible. But then they took his body down because Jesus actually died. And then on Saturday, which is the day of rest, They put Jesus in what? You actually have one of these little things to remind you. What is it? A tomb. Yeah. And have you seen that like big circle thing? The rock. Imagine a rock that's like almost as tall as me, like that. 
and they roll it in front of the door so that no one can get in or watch this, or maybe that no one could get out. However, Easter Sundays, we've already sang about and talked about, and as Miss Amy read in Luke chapter 24, Jesus was raised from the dead, and the story gets so wild, but I have a bonus question. Our first Easter Sunday, God raised Jesus from the dead. Is it true, false, or I don't know? Let me tell you something. Even if you gave an I don't know, you're in a good company. Because even Jesus' closest friends, when they heard the news that Jesus was raised from the dead, do you think they gave a T? You think they gave an X? They actually gave a this. Oh, no. That's what we're going to talk about. But before you go back to your snacks and before I start talking to the grown-ups, let me tell you this. If it is true, if it is a big T, it means that Jesus is the world's true king, and it means that God is stronger than death. Can y'all say, God is stronger than death? I was singing over here and these people were singing over here because that's what we believe. But you know what's crazy? Do you know that people still die? Yes. But something happened that Easter morning that put the whole world on alert that not even death can separate us from God's power. So if it is true, if Jesus is raised, if Jesus is alive, then God is stronger than death. Can y'all say that with me one more time? God is stronger than death. And all the sad things, the dead things, the evil things will one day be untrue. Amen? Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for your attention. Enjoy your goodie bags. I'm going to talk for just a few more minutes about this Easter story that we saw in Luke chapter 24. So if I could just have your attention for a few more minutes. We have Bibles maybe still left on the table. If you don't have one, we can get you one in English or in Spanish. That's our gift to you this morning. Those might make their way around. Uh, if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. We're looking at Luke chapter 24, and I got to tell you that the vibe of the first Easter Sunday morning was not as happy and clappy as it was in this room. What do you think the vibe of the first Easter Sunday was? It was actually sad mixed with a lot of shock because you have a group of women that come to the tomb expecting to see a body and they see the stone is moved and there ain't a body there. So the vibe of Easter is not so much a big T for true or a F for false. It's mostly like what in the world is going on? This is the vibe of Easter. And what we're gonna see in just a couple moments is that this shock and this confusion eventually give way to wonder. Wonder is the name of the game today. Wonder is the word of the day today. And that's what happens. Before we talk about who moves from shock to wonder, I should probably tell you that my voice sounds the way it does because I went to the Mavericks game yesterday. And Carlos asked me, is your voice sounding like this because they were uh, winning or losing? I said, my voice sounds the way it does because they were winning and then they were losing. <laughs> my shock and surprise was buoyed by hope and wonder, 
But Saturday was a sad day, just like it was for these women. And you won't believe it, Jocelyn won't believe it, but I'm actually happier today than I was yesterday for my beloved team because now shock and surprise has given way to wonder. The people who happened upon this tomb is a woman named Mary of Magdala. Can y'all say Magdala? I love saying that. That's the town she's from. Mary of Magdala shows up, but of course that's no surprise. Do y'all know who stuck with Jesus the most? When his friends like Peter and John and the famous ones we hear in stories about, they bailed. They saw Jesus tortured and on trial and they left him. But these women stuck close to Jesus throughout the crucifixion, throughout his burial, and then even to finish the job to help prepare his body. Y'all know the funerals where them old ladies are gonna whip up a casserole and they're gonna get things done even in amidst their grief, amen? These are the women that were getting things done and sticking with Jesus. Can I give you a free Easter hint? The more you stick around Jesus, the more you leave open for surprise and wonder and life. When these disciples deserted, these women stuck with Jesus. And watch, even the disciples who deserted Jesus, Jesus still stuck with them. This is the story and hope of Easter. So if you're gathered here this morning and you've been following Jesus throughout the season of Lent and you've been following Jesus at our church or another church and if you've just come in because it's Easter and you want to come, I thank you and I'm glad you're here and I'm going to warn you that if you start to stick around Jesus, Jesus will stick around you and you just might find yourself being open more and more to life and love and joy even in the midst of sadness and grief. What are these ladies doing? Mary and Mary and Joanna and a gaggle of ladies. They didn't bring casseroles. What'd they bring? They brought a basketball. You're right, man. Yeah, they brought a basketball. They're like, Jesus, are you alive? Let's go shoot some hoops, man. Go Mavs, my man. They didn't bring a basketball, they brought spices because this is what they did in the ancient world to keep the body from decomposing. But here's the deal. Saturday was a day of rest and so they waited for the night to clear so they came first thing in the morning when it was safe to do so and they brought their spices because remember, these are the women that were sticking with Jesus and they're gonna get things done and what are they expecting to find? What do you expect to find when you go to Restland or William's funeral home? Oh, yikes. Let's say we expect bodies in graves, right? Well, what they found instead was actually not a body. What did they see? They saw grave clothes and they saw the stone move. Can you imagine? You're going to go visit a beloved one at Restland. You're going to walk up to the columbarium where they keep ashes And you walk up and you have this mix of shock and fear and trauma because you're dealing with grief and you're dealing with the finality of death. And then all of a sudden, the door is open and you have this door open in your heart that says, I'm not sure what's happening, but could God be at work even here? I love this idea of Easter that when you expect the worst, and this is here on your handout, 
That when you expect the worst, you might find that God is already at work in the dark places. I think this is so powerful for us who want to stick with Jesus, whether for the first time or the five millionth time, because some of you have something on your schedules this week, this week, this Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, and it feels like you're walking toward a tomb. And maybe it's just that meeting, or maybe it's just that sadness or that family situation or that illness situation. We have things every week, every person in this room that feels like you're walking toward a tomb. But how does Easter wake us up and open the door to move from shock and grief to wonder if you start to see that maybe on Wednesday and Thursday, the risen Christ has already gone ahead of you. And you may not see him on Sunday morning, but could you dare to believe that he's gone ahead of you into Wednesday? In the other gospel accounts, the angel says to those that come on the scene, hey dude, don't worry. The risen Christ has already gone ahead of you. You just gotta go and show up. He finds his despaired friends and he says, the risen Christ has gone ahead of you into Galilee, so you just gotta keep walking. Easter puts the world on notice that the darkness that we face on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, how would it change your perspective to dare to believe that God has already entered into that dark space for you? And when you show up, every step then becomes an arrival of a place that God has already been at work. That broken relationship, that broken place of stress is a place that will not remain untouched by God's light, even though it feels dark. There's a word in our passage in verse 4, if you're swiped there or looking there in Luke chapter 24. And when the ladies saw all this, they wondered about it. Do you see that? It's also in your handout. I gave you a little cheat sheet there. That word wonder in English is actually a word that literally means bewildered. How many of you have heard the word bewildered in the last month? Nobody? It's a strange word. Bewildered. Here's what that word means. Imagine that you're walking down a path and you come to a fork in the road. And you have no idea which direction to go. You're standing at a fork in your road and you look one direction and you say, no, that can't be right. And then you look the other direction and you say, I don't remember this. These women are at a fork in the road and on one hand they say, okay, is there no body because it was stolen? Maybe he's not raised. Or they look on the other direction and they say, maybe God is up to something. They're bewildered, they're at a loss, they don't know which direction to go. Maybe, instead of a true or a false, maybe the place to be at a fork in a road in your life or their life is to just stand for a minute in wonder and bewilderment and dare to believe that God might be up to something and on the move. You see, they have questions going through that even when these angels show up and they say, hey, he's not here, he's risen. Why are you coming to a graveyard looking for a grave, man? He's not here. And they say, well, duh, because every grave I've ever been to has a body in it. 
But they start to hear these angels, these witnesses saying, he's not here, he's risen, he's on the move, and maybe it's just enough as they remember Jesus saying, I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna rise again. I'm gonna die, but God will raise me up. Maybe they start to take one step down the path in the right direction that says, maybe God really is up to something and there's wonder to be had after all. Isn't half of the Christian life going our own way, coming to an impasse, coming to a diagnosis, coming to an obstacle, and you don't know which way to go, and then you remember the words, right? That's what we see in Luke 24. Then they remembered what Jesus said. Oh, death might not be a dead end after all. Light might shine in the darkness after all. But it didn't even make sense for their own religious categories. They thought that stuff like resurrection happened at the end of the end of the end of the end of the world. Now they're starting to hear that Jesus is risen and he's some walking, talking, living, breathing piece of God's future and new creation running around town. They can't even begin to get their minds around it but they're starting to leave the door open to wonder. You still with me? Just to recap, the women say, I don't see a body, I don't see clothes, or I do see clothes. They see, I hear someone say he's risen, and then I remember Jesus' words. Then they go tell the disciples, hey, he's risen. And then the disciples say, okay, I don't see a body, Peter will go see the clothes. He hears the women say, by the way, he is risen. Then they remember Jesus' words. So the women and the disciples. And then here's us, 2022, together at Easter. Guess what? We didn't see a body. We didn't even see grave clothes. We hear someone with sweaty armpits and a maverick-out voice telling us he's risen. And maybe, just maybe, we might hear Jesus' words too. But the disciple says, no, that's nonsense. And in part because back in the day, women were not reliable witnesses or testimonies in the court of law. So you go on to Judge Judy, and Mary of Magdala comes up. She says, actually, next, please, can we get a man? But you know what God does and what God loves to do? Is just kind of turn everything upside down. Do you know who preached the first Easter sermon? He is risen. Not the angels. The angels, let's say the first human. It's Mary Magdalene. Shout out to women preachers on Easter Sunday saying he is risen. Mary becomes the apostle, the sent one, the witness of the risen Christ. She becomes the apostle to the apostles. These women that have stuck with Jesus, these women that are making casseroles and getting things done, are the women that God entrusts the message for 2,000 years to go and tell people, he is risen, the tomb is empty, you need not be afraid of what's coming on Wednesday. He is alive, and the world still says, that sounds like foolishness to me. They're shrugging their shoulders and they're saying, I don't know. Because like the women, we can hear Jesus' words, but are we listening? 
Like the disciples, we can hear this message of good news, but are we going to dare to believe? I love what this monk, and this is on your handout, a Catholic monk says this, eyes see only light, ears hear only sound, but a listening heart perceives meaning. What I'm asking you today is to dare to run wild with wonder and dare to open your heart just enough to let the light of Easter in. I want to tell you a story, and then I want to tell you the last word of wonder, and then we'll be done to sing and receive communion. This story comes from a man named Gregory Boyle. He's a priest in East L.A., that for over two decades has worked with gang members. And he realized that he can't save gang members. There's something that God does when they allow themselves to be open to hope and light and love. And he lets God do the saving. I shared this story before, so some of you may remember it, but it bears repeating on Easter Sunday because we all need a little light this year. Gregory Boyle tells the story of Louis, who is 19 years old, and because there's so many kids in the room, we'll tell you that he was someone who sold and used illegal substances. And he got to a point where he knew he needed help, so he checks into rehab. And a month into his stay at rehab, he receives word that his brother had died. And so Greg Boyle, who had been working with Louis and cheering him on in his rehab journey, says, okay, I'm going to pick you up and take you to the funeral, but we got to make a deal that you're going right back to rehab. And he says that Louis said, all good, because rehab feels good. Life and recovery feel good. So he picks him up, and they're on their way to the funeral, Greg and Louis. And Louis says, I had a dream, and you were in it last night. And so Louis proceeds to tell Greg this dream that he had. He said the two of them were in a room that was completely dark. He says there was no light whatsoever. There was no light coming under the door. There was no exit sign. Total dark. And you know what that feels like, right? Have you been in a total dark space where you almost like feel it, right? Have you ever been in a totally dark space that you also just feel someone else in the room? And I ain't talking about scary ghost stories, Lynette. Don't worry about all that. He's telling Greg this dream, and they're in this totally dark room, and he says, I just knew you were there. We were in this dark space together. And then they weren't speaking, but then Greg silently pulls out a flashlight. This is not a flashlight. He silently pulls out a flashlight, and while Louis is seated in a chair, Greg takes the flashlight and shines it steadily across the room. Any guesses on what he's shining his flashlight against in the dream? He's shining his flashlight against a light switch. And Louis, who's recounting this dream the night before his brother's funeral, says, I knew that only I could turn the light switch on. Do we have ears to hear and hearts to hear? 
And he said he rose slowly from his chair as Father Greg, as he called G-Dog, was keeping the flashlight steadily on the light switch. And he took one nervous step toward another, toward the light switch. He turns on the light switch and the room floods with light. And as Louis is telling his pastor, his friend, his mentor, in the car, on the way to a tomb, on the way to a funeral, he begins sobbing and he tells him, and the light is better than the darkness. And this priest who's worked with gang members for 25 years had buried gang member after gang member after gang member says, you think? I've been trying to tell you this for 20 years, but at some point, you can only trust the light and walk to the light on your own. The women can tell the disciples he is risen, but at some point, Peter needs to get up and run and see for himself. And you're sitting here going, well, the I don't know, I don't know. God loves to work with the I don't knows. God loves to work in the spaces when you're on the way to a funeral and you wind up at an Easter brunch. God loves working with the I don't knows. But here's the trick. The way this mystery has worked for 2,000 years is you may not see it all. You may not have heard it all. But I promise you, if you try to stick with Jesus, he'll stick with you. You may not see it all. You may not hear it all. But I promise you that if you leave the door open to him, if you seek him, he will leave the door open for you. And he is seeking you. The reason why the Easter stories are so powerful, if you continue to read the story, is Jesus lets them sit in that tension, and the light is shining, and he's beckoning them in their wonder and bewildered state, are we going to take a step and follow the light to where it leads? Because no one is going to have a relationship with Jesus for you. So the choice before us is we can continue to go through light, life, we can continue to sit in the darkness, and maybe we have other friends that are sitting with us, but at some point we can either go through life or we can let the life go through us. That's the message of Easter. That now that the tomb is empty, God has put the world on notice. It says there is light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. There is light that shines in the darkness, and we, like Louis, need to see for ourselves, oh yeah, the light is better than the darkness. Jesus shines a light, and he's inviting us to go with him in wonder. The last time we see the word wonder in our passage is Peter. But the English word is wonder with the women and wonder with Peter, but it ain't the same word in the original language that this was written in, Greek. If the women were sitting at the fork in the road with bewilderment, Peter is running to the tomb in marvel. No, sorry, not the movies. Peter marveled at what he saw. Y'all know that this word they used is just one step short of a big T, true. But God can work with that. God can work with us who run and dare to wonder and dare to marvel that says, if it is true, then Jesus is the king and death is not the end and God's light and life 
have come. You can imagine if our life is from this elbow to the tips of our fingers. Kiddos, can you hold up your arm like this? It's, it's kind of short, some of you, right? But those of us who've lived a little bit longer, maybe we've got larger arms and it's a little bit longer and you can see that maybe this elbow is where we were born and maybe the tip of our fingers is when we will cease to live and we will die and it's sad but the thing is if Easter is true and if we run to him and we let the light in and we say Jesus maybe you are king and I want some of that life then something crazy happens take your other arm you ready for it God's life God's life that's eternal in quality. Y'all know that when Jesus was raised, he wasn't just like a resuscitated, back from the dead, like off of the table guy. What happens is something about Jesus has a quality of God's forever kind of life where sin and death and evil and sickness will be no more. So watch this. We say, yes, Jesus, I want in. I want some of that life. God takes his life and watch puts it right there over yours. And it's eternal, not just in quality, the good kind of light and life and love that spills out into our neighborhood. Watch, it's eternal in quantity. Y'all know this word, quantity? And here's where the illustration breaks down because my elbow doesn't go on forever into eternity. But when we say yes to Jesus, when we trust him, God's life and light and love fill us and form us. And though we die, we will live with him. And as I was reminded by my brother Jason when we were praying, he said, wiggle your toes and shake your hands. Jesus is not a ghost. He is not an abstraction. He is a living, breathing person who is with us. And we will be like him one day when we see him like he is. Peter will see Jesus, and Peter will eat with Jesus. We haven't seen and ate with Jesus yet, but I'm staking my life on his life and finding that God is giving us that life in return. That's the Easter hope, all made possible because he is risen, and he is risen indeed. Amen? Amen, amen. amen. If you want to talk more about giving your life to Jesus, you see these two at the door, Jason and Toby. They'd love to talk with you. Carla at the door would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you. But now let's celebrate together in communion. We have these communion packs. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you want to take a step toward Jesus, we invite you to receive these in just a moment together. So while these are coming around, raise your hand if you need a communion pack. I want to tell you the rest of the story of Luke chapter 24. In Luke chapter 24, the risen Jesus, who's not an abstraction, but a living, breathing piece of new creation, God's life, is walking down a road, and he's walking with two other people. And these two people are telling him about the darkness that they had experienced in Jerusalem. And they're telling this stranger, there is a man named Jesus who we really thought was going to be our king, but they killed him. 
And the irony is that the man who walked beside them was Jesus. And they walked all the way because Jesus is so okay with I don't knows that he journeyed with them all the way down the path until they finally said, man, you have got to come inside and have dinner with us. And so Jesus comes in as their guest, but somehow or another winds up being the host. (laughs) And in Luke chapter 24, Jesus sits at the table the same day that he was raised and he broke the bread and he raised the cup and it was in that moment that these two guys that didn't know who Jesus was, look, sees Jesus. But they recognized him when he broke the bread. The day that Jesus was raised, he celebrated communion and said, this is the meal that will sustain you for the journey ahead. And so some of us might say, why communion on Easter Sunday morning? And I say, because Jesus celebrated communion on the first Easter And there's something about this tiny little cup that I brought from Mardell that somehow points beyond itself to the good news that the crucified king has turned the other cheek, has said, Father, forgive them. And guess what? The father did. This is good news. In fact, it's even better news than you thought. It is so good that 2,000 years ago, the thing you fear on Wednesday and the thing you did on Friday is forgiven when you look at the cross and you say, that's life, that's light, I want that. And he says, then come and eat and drink. This is the meal for you Not because you are worthy. It's precisely because you're unworthy. And he says, come. Not because you can muster it all up. You say, I don't know. He says, that's okay. What I know is you are loved with insurpassable worth and value that I would give myself for you to journey with me. This is what sustains us for the journey. As Christ burst forth from the tomb, May new life burst forth from us and show itself in acts of love and healing to a hurting world. And may the same Christ who lives forever and is the source of our new life keep our hearts rejoicing and running wild with wonder this day and always. May the loving power of God strengthen you in hope, enrich you with his love, and fill you with joy in the faith. And now, confident in the light and life of the new creation, Go from this place proclaiming good news. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Go in peace.